T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. With a look at the other Kansas City teams in sports, here's Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero. Hello, my name is Chris Unocero, and no, today is not Jillian Carroll and Unocero. I mean, I know that's the name of the show, but that's not what it is today. Today is just the Unocero show, baby. Today, I take over Jillian Carroll, for some reason, decided that she didn't want to come in. She didn't want to, uh, she, she abandoned me and you, Julio. She doesn't like us anymore. She doesn't like us anymore. Cool. She told, she texted us yesterday, uh, I don't like you guys. So I'm just not going to come today. So not uh, today. There it will be no Jillian Carroll on the show. We got a great show for you coming up today. Uh, we're going to talk some UNKC basketball here in a little bit later on. Uh, we've got two big interv- interviews for you. Earlier this week, I talked to the assistant women's basketball coach, Antoine Edwards, for Park University. Uh, I've had that up on the podcast page on uh, Jillian Carroll featuring Uno Cero, which should just be uh, Uno Cero featuring Uno Cero now because Jillian Carroll decided she wasn't going to be on the show today. She's a terrible person. Yeah, she she abandoned us. She didn't think we were cool. So you can so uh, the women's team right now is currently playing on sixteen sixty to score. Josh Klingler from Fesco in the Morning is calling that. So uh, if you don't like the Uno Cero show tonight, you can go listen to that on sixteen sixty to score with Josh Klingler from Fesco in the Morning. We also got Jason Klein. Park Pirates uh, men's head basketball coach. He uh, They played earlier tonight. Uh, we'll, we will play that interview as well. Both of those were great interviews. Uh, really incisive, you know, really insightful talks about their uh, teams and how that they're, they're progressing and getting better as uh, we go from 2018 to 2019. We'll also talk some sport in Kansas City, some MLS. MLS expansion, Austin FC. They just got, uh, Austin just got a new Soccer team here on the uh, who who's that on the hotline, Julio? I, I don't know who's, who. Hot, person on the hotline, who is this? Oh, so now y'all are gonna act like you can hear me. Oh, okay. oh, Jillian is now so she <laughs> remotely from um, Southern Kansas has decided to interrupt <laughs> the show, the Uno Cero show now, and take oh, over. Uno Cero show. Okay, I got yes, you. Yes, Uno Cero. I you didn't decide you. to come. You got jokes. Okay, Uno Cero, that's fine. Yeah, that's Julia fine. Carroll, so, Julia Carroll from uh, uh who usually is sitting on the opposite opposite side of the desk here in the Brown and Crouppen studios. Uh she texted us yesterday she couldn't do the show. No idea why. I couldn't do I could do the show. We're clearly doing the show. I just needed to call in to do the show. I apologize. You, you couldn't be here. You couldn't be here. Obligation elsewhere and i am calling in to the jillian carroll and uno zero show to complete the show tonight. wait so you're calling into your own show <laughs> she's a guest right. on her own I, show i am a guest on my own show i'm a jack of all trades i can be in 17 places at once <laughs> why couldn't you be here then 
<laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm there in spirit, brother, and I am there on the phone when we're going to have a great show. We were, we were talking about We were talking to Spec before, and we were like, yeah, how about you remove the Julian Carroll part? Because she's not here. Just for yeah, today. I heard it all. I was listening. I heard it, bro. Thank you. So we got a we got a great uh, great show for you today. We're gonna talk uh, UMKC women's and men's basketball because they're doing some really big things right now. But I want to start with this uh, with this very very vital playoff game we have coming on Sunday night, the AFC Championship game, Kansas City Chiefs, New England Patriots for all the marbles, chance to go to the Super Bowl. Um, I know that I was feeling pretty confident last week going into that playoff game on Saturday against the Colts. I know a lot of Chiefs fans are a little antsy because, you know, it's the Colts. Chiefs don't really do too well in the playoffs. Jillian Carroll, as you are sitting in uh, Wichita, Kansas right now, because you didn't want to be here with (laughs) us, uh, how do you Uh, feel about this Patriots game on Saturday? How how does it make you feel as a Chiefs fan, knowing that this team is a win away from the Super Bowl? No, first of all, um, I mean, this is, like you mentioned, I mean, this is history. This is the first time ever for this game to be held in Arrowhead Stadium. I think that there are so many emotions just right then and there when you think about it. I mean, this is the Lamar Hunt trophy up for grabs, and Lamar Hunt obviously being our founder. The man has made his mark on the game, the, the league, um, and it's time to bring that trophy home. And so there's just so many emotions going just surrounding that, I think, but when you get down to the football game, I think the fact that it is the Patriots and it is Bill Belichick, it is Tom Brady, and it is the postseason, I mean, that is intimidating. That is clearly something you don't want to test, right? But this is a different team. This is a different squad. Andy Reid needed his Patrick Mahomes. He found him. The team's gelling. Uh, defense stepped up against the Colts if they can continue that momentum. It's going to be a heck of a football game. And what I'm loving right now is that Tom Brady and the Patriots are actually trying to play this. Oh, everybody thinks we suck. So, you know, if that's what everyone's going to think, we're just going to go in there and blow them away. Like, of all teams in any sports ever, does anyone do the Patriots have the right to say, oh, everyone thinks we suck? Like, that right there tells me that the Chiefs are in their head, that the Patriots are mentally defeated going into this. So I'm thrilled. I cannot wait to be on that field. It's going to be, what, like two below? It's going to be so No, it's cold. actually supposed to be warmer. I think they said that now it's going to be like 22 degrees on, on oh, Sunday. Yeah, they yeah, originally they said me, 10. But they don't give me the news down here in Wichita. They didn't give me the weather, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> you know how the weather is in Kansas City. Wait 15 minutes and it changes. I, here's yeah, my, this is true. Here's my big thing about this game. It's like the only argument I've seen for the Patriots is, oh, well, they're the Patriots. That's why I think they're going to win against the Chiefs. It's not, oh, well, I think Sony Michelle's really good and you know the Chiefs have been terrible against the run so I think they're going to tr- control the clock it's not oh well you know Tom Brady does really well on the road in cold games etc cetera, etc cetera. it's not anything about the team other than their the the name of the team it's the Patriots and like at, me and Julio we had a, a debate about this about an hour ago and you know off the air and we're like I, I was like if your only argument for the Chiefs losing to the Patriots in this game is that it's the Patriots. I think that you are not doing a good enough job to assess this game. Like, if you've got other arguments in place, sure. But if your argument is the Chiefs are going to lose because it's the Patriots, I, I just think you're being lazy about this game. 
I agree. And, and like I said, you know, it is the postseason, it is Bill Belichick, and it is Tom Brady, so you can't not think that through. It's a factor, whatever, they have history. However, like you just said, it's, it's not enough, and there are so many things going for the Chiefs right now. So many things clicking. They're just moving on also in the, in the same direction. Like, I just expect a really great football game, and I expect uh, the Chiefs to do their thing. So moving on over to the world of college basketball, uh, we've got UMKC men's and women's. Right now, they are both doing their thing. Uh, the UMKC women's right now, they are 2-0 and in conference play. They are just a half game out of the lead for the uh, for the WAC. And then the men, 3-0 and in conference. Actually, they're 2-0 and in conference play as well. But they actually lead the WAC by a half game, I believe. These two teams right now, and I know it's January. We're, you know, slowly but surely approaching February. Uh these two teams have got a really good chance to make some thing hap- things happen because they're starting to pick up some momentum right now. And uh, if they can continue this momentum, if they can go out and, and blast through uh, conference play, all of a sudden we could be looking at some of these teams getting into the uh, their NCAA national tournaments uh, in their respect, you know, in their respective sports. Uh, we could see them playing the uh, NCAA national tournament if they go out and uh, and play like they do, like they are right now. Once they get over into the conference tournament. Oh yeah, and I think it was what just the beginning of the week that both men and women were um, seated one in yeah. the last. I think yeah. it, you know there were some other games that needed to be played, but you and I have both had an opportunity to catch up with with both men's and women's coaches. And well, you did. You did. That. I, I, I well, wasn't okay. there. I was trying to help you out, bro. I was trying to help I, you out. I, I don't like to lie to the people. <laughs> but both, both coaches are about their business. They relate so well to their teams and their players. Um, you know, talk about your players being an extension of the coach, right? Like, you look at J.C. Hoyt and Erica Mattingly, or point guard. Erica Mattingly is crushing it. She is a name that you want to know and that you want to follow in the WAC. She is by far one of the strongest point guards. Um, I mean, she carries the team every game. But the fact is that both men and women teams, they played some really tough games preseason, and both coaches let me know that that was their plan to prepare the teams for the conference games. And like you said, they're seeing that success now in conference. Jillian, are you hitting buttons on your phone? Still hitting the wrong buttons. You're not even in studio <laughs> and you're still hitting buttons. buttons. You're hitting buttons. Shut up. I'm not going to mess up the button game. You're today. always doing <laughs> Jillian is always finding a way to hit some kind of button that's in affecting how she's able to go over the air. Um, there are no buttons to be pushed this time. Check the check who's in the booth there, Chris. I mean, I'm trusting Julio's. Julio just said in my buttons. ear while you were talking. They he said you were. Happened. He said you were. You're che- you were. You were. You were cheek pressing buttons. Oh my god, you guys, come on! I mean, we need some more professionalism here, Jillian. I know you're you're doing this on the phone, but we need more professionalism here, Jillian. Oh. I'll work on it. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. My. Spend the next 30 <laughs> minutes working on not to hit buttons with your cheek. Uh, we've got a couple of big <laughs> interviews coming up. Uh, coming up next, we are going to talk to the Park Assistant Women's Basketball head uh, basketball Coach, Antoine Edwards. I caught up with him in conversation. He is great. He's coming up next. Back in, Jillian Carroll and Uno Cerro here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, coming to you live 
from the Brown and Crouppen Studios. No Jillian Carroll today. She sabotaged the first segment. I thought we had it, uh, but she's not currently here. She's uh, down in Wichita. She abandoned us. She may or may not pay another visit. She may or may not. We'll see what happens. We, we told her that she has to figure out the phone situation. That they, we're still, it's under review, but we think she was pressing buttons when she was doing it, when we were talking to her in the last segment. So We will uh, have evidence. Yeah, we'll, we're going to sift through this evidence here. Um, but earlier this week, I talked to a couple of really, really interesting coaches, a really interesting program uh, going on there at Park University. And um, if, you, if you're tired of hearing my voice, you can go to 1660 AM on your dial, and you can listen to Josh Klingler from Fesco in the Morning call the uh, the Park Pirates basketball game going on right now between them and William Woods University. I got to catch up with assistant women's, assistant women's basketball coach Antoine Edwards. Here's that interview. So I wanted to welcome in Park University assistant women's basketball coach Antoine Edwards. I read your bio, and one of the things that jumped out to me, 21 players of your, in your career move up, uh, move on t- from four, to a four-year institution uh, as a head coach coaching in community college. How much pride do you take in helping players achieve their dreams of moving up in the college basketball ranks and playing on a bigger stage? Well, I think I learned from working for two really good coaches, you know, Coach Klein here on the men's side and Coach English, he's an athletic director who was my coach and I played a part that moving up to play at the, at the four-year level is the goal, but really the aspiration is getting that degree and making sure that when they are finished playing for you, that they're better people and better students and better citizens than they were when they got to you. And I learned that from those two coaches, and I just I took that with me when I went and started coaching at, the, uh, at my own programs and trying to instill into the young ladies that it, it's about success is relative to where you were started. And if you were a kid that was a marginal student and all of a sudden you turned into an SMC, that was great. If you were a marginal ball player and you took the time in the gym and you earned a four-year scholarship, hey, that was great. Now, last week on our show, we talked about the uh, dedication it takes to be involved in recruiting at the collegiate level. And obviously, you as an assistant coach are very much involved with that process. I, the head coach is definitely the, the head of that process, but assistant coaches for sure are involved in that. How much does Coach Cooper uh, place as far as responsibility on on you as far as recruiting goes? I think he brought me in for the recruiting aspect. Uh, somebody can go out and I, don't, I, I love watching basketball. I don't care if it's third-grade girl or middle school boys. I can go watch basketball all day long. So you need somebody who didn't mind being in the gym, who wanted to be in the gym. And that's what I do. You know, when I leave practice, I go to games. You know, on the weekends, I'm at games. Um, the recruiting is, is critical, especially here at Park. You know, being an NAI program, you know, the, the NAI brand is not the same brand as the NCAA brand. A lot of kids see it that way. Yeah. So you have to really be in the gym and make your presence felt by being there. As much as I love the NAIA level and see that it's great basketball, I think it takes time for the, 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 the transition for recruitment in terms of those kids to see, okay, these NCAA schools are not really calling for me. Let me look at this NAIA school. You know, I tell them all the time, you know, 
that the level that you play at is about how much success you really want to have. You know, if you want to be a star and you want to be somebody who can lead that walk in a program, small college ball is where you can go do that at. Not everybody can be a star at the NCAA level. Not everybody can be a star at the NCAA level. But if you come here and you work hard and you're committed to it, you can be a really good player. So going to those gyms and including those kids, finding those kids who may not be the top-tier kids, and they're not getting recruited by the I'm just going to say you too. They're not getting recruited by Missouri Western. Now, they're being recruited by Northwest Missouri State or CMU. They're not getting recruited by that school. But they can come here, and at the NAI level, I don't care what anybody says. At the top level, at the high-end level in NAI basketball, there's some good NAI teams that will run circles around NCAA Division II teams. Now, on the season, you guys are 6-9. and nine. you got a winning record at home, and then you're 1-6 and six on the road. What do you feel like has been the biggest difference between when you guys play at home versus when you guys go on the road? Uh, I think when we're on the road, we're still having – we're still learning. And this is what, I, this is what me, and, and, and me and Coach Cooper talked to the girls about the other day. We're still learning how to come together when it's just us. Mm-hmm. When it's just us on the road, there's no fans, there's no support, it's just us. We have to become a stronger chain than what we are. When we're at home and we have the fans through the force and we got our friends and family, we're spectacular. I mean, we're pretty darn good at home. We are. But that's because we have a bigger chain. There's a bigger chain that we're holding on to. There's a bigger, there's more expectations and, and things that we're holding on to when we're playing at home. And when you're on the road, it's so tough to have that same buy-in, that same commitment, that same, uh, I don't know how I can put it, maybe more just uh, aggressiveness, really, because it's easy. And I, I take this quote from Urban Meyer when I heard him, when I heard him say uh, Ohio State when they won the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. He said, when we, needed you, when we needed you the most, you gave us your best. And I think that's where the young ladies have to, really come together because when you face adversity, it's easy to scatter and start to find things that are not working well for you. And really good teams, when they're on the road, they come together and say, no, all they got is each other, and they figure out a way to get it done. Yeah, that, that's where we're at right now. We're, we're trying to come together. We're trying to figure out how to be a better team when we're on the road. Yeah, that's one of the things I noticed when I looked over your roster is like you've got one senior and you have you have a decent amount of juniors, but you have a lot of sophomores and a lot of freshmen. What do you as a as a coach do to try to help gain as much ex you know experience on the court so that they can become much more mature players? I think it, it has to do with what we do in practice every day, what we teach and teach in practice, how we teach high high energy, a lot of motivation come out there and get it done. We want them to be very enthusiastic about playing the game. We want them to be very motivated about coming out and playing the game. You know, I talk to the young ladies all the time about their blessings and what they are given every day that a lot of young people don't have an opportunity to do. They're blessed to be able to be on the floor and see, hear, run, walk, talk, eat, take, any, all the things that God has given them they can go out there and do. They shouldn't take it for granted, not for one minute. That's what we try to preach to them, that, you know, while you're out here, give us everything you got. And I think that's the thing with young players coming out of high school. Not every high school coach is teaching what we're teaching at this level. Not every high school coach is preaching that they need to really be committed to the game. You know, so 
we're, we're working on that. These young ladies, they're giving us everything they got every day in practice, and they're working hard to become better players. They're working hard to become a better team. But it's going to take time. It's going to take time. All right, so on Thursday, 7.30, Brecken Sports Center, you have a game against William Woods University. What do you feel like is the most important thing that your team has to do to be able to come out with a victory on Thursday night? they got to remember they gave down the way down there. They didn't beat us. We gave them the game. We had to leave. We played extremely well at their place. They have to remember that. they got to remember that just because that team has a receiver and boats in front of their name doesn't make them better than us. They have to show up and they have to play. They're a good team. Not taking anything from them. They're a good team. They got good shooters. They got good post play. They execute. They run their stuff. So I think we were the better team that night. That he just kind of he just kind of got away from us. We were the better team, and they have to remember that. And I think with young players, that's what happens sometimes. They only remember the last game they played, and if it was the last time they played against the team they lost. It takes a lot for the coach to kind of get that loss out of their brain and get them refocused on how to come out and play hard again and say, you know, it's the best thing about college basketball. Unlike college football, you lose on Saturday, and you got, what, seven days before you can play again. At least in college basketball, you got a one-day rest and you right back at it again. So I think that's the thing. we got to get the young ladies to understand that, hey, we, we should have won that game down there in Portland. We should have won it. And we gave it away. Let's come back. Go back to the drawing board, rehash what we did defensively, make sure that we make the adjustments that we need to make defensively, execute on offense, and then at the end of the day, just play hard and leave on the floor. Special thanks to Coach Antoine Edwards, Park Women's Basketball Assistant Coach. They will play William Woods University this coming Thursday. That game's on 1660, the score, right? Yep, that'll be on 1660 The Score. I believe Josh Klinger from uh, from Fesco in the Morning will be on the call for that, so you can hear that. Thanks for joining us, Coach. Thank you very much, Adam. Getting a score update on that uh, on that uh, Park University women's basketball team. Uh, last score update we got, the uh, Park Pirates are trailing the William Woods Owls 36-28. to Coming up next... We hear from Park men's head head basketball coach, Jason Klein. He was really good as well. This man is very, very illustrious in his basketball coaching career. Most wins in the history of that school as their basketball head coach. We've got him coming up next. Coming to you live from the Brown and Crouppen studio, this is Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero. The Jillian Carroll list, Uno Cero. Uh, Jillian Carroll list, Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero show. Uh, I am Chris Uno Cero. And uh, we are now going to hear my talk with the very, very illustrious head coach. He is the uh, head coach of the men's basketball, of the Park University men's basketball team, Jason Klein. Here it is. I am now joined by Park men's head basketball coach, Jason Klein. Coach, thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much. Yeah, now, looking over your resume, you've been a lifer in the game of basketball, played four years at Indiana Tech. You have coached many, many seasons in your career. You have 359 career wins, 
219 at Park University, the most in school history, five NAIA men's national championship tournament appearances. What do you think has led to your success as a head coach? Well, um, I think growing up and, and seeing my dad, he started off in high school and coached for 10 years. And then he coached for 20-plus years at Indiana Tech. Oh, wow. And just, just seeing him and uh, when he would bring his work home at night and, and the roll-up-the-sleeves mentality and the hard work, um, I, I, I think I owe that a lot to him and, and my mom for instilling the hard work and being organized and, and do the best you can. Now, at the same time, We've been lucky because we, we've had some very good student-athletes, but they're great people, and they understand the student part uh, on the athlete. So that makes my job easier when these guys know what it's about, and it's not just all basketball. Now, everybody who is great at whatever job, whatever passion they really take, take on, uh, everybody who's great at that has that one moment where everything just seems to click. What was that moment for you when you just finally figured out, hey, okay, this is what I need to do to be successful at coaching? Well, I, I knew I wanted to coach um, in high school. And uh, then I, I learned, I coached with my dad for a few years, and then I went out and coached with Jerry Jones for a few years. But, you know, you watch a lot of guys coach and being around the game so long, you, you see the guys that do it the right way and they just work their butt off. And, and uh, when you work hard, we think good things will happen, not only on the court but in the classroom. And um, I guess I've just been blessed because I've seen it every day growing up with my dad being a coach. So I don't know if there was one moment. Um, I think it was a lifetime of moments just seeing the good, the bad, and and uh, taking everything in and then kind of creating my own identity as a coach. Now, this year you are 9-7 and seven on the season. You're 4-4 four and four on the, at home, 500 record, but a really impressive 5-1 and one, uh, on the road. What is it about your team that allows them to be so effective when you're going into other people's yards? Well, I like going on the road. Um, because you, you just have your team and the coaches and, and our, our women's team will be there with us, but we have a small group and, and we lean on each other. And we like playing at home, too, for the, the great support we get from the students, the faculty, the staff, the president, everybody. Um, but, you know, when you go on the road, all you guys who's on that charter bus with you, and uh, you, you can look to the left, look to the right, and you know, and you better hope that person has your back. And I think our guys are starting to feel that and believe that. And with these last four games that we've won, I think they're building a little confidence. Um, but they're starting to understand that the game is bigger than them as an individual. And when we can start doing things together on the floor, uh, it makes it a little easier for us. Yeah, that was one of the things I noticed. Like I was looking at the schedule, and since the beginning of, of 2019, you're four and one on the season. You 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 went just got on this really harrowing road trip, going to Columbia, Missouri. Then you went down to Tennessee. Then you went down to Arkansas, and you won all three of those road games. 
How do you prepare your team to handle such a tough road trip like that? Well, a lot of it's mental, and uh, it, it is a lot of wear and tear on their bodies. And you know, going to Columbia is it's always tough with uh, Bob Burchard. He, he's one of the greats in NAIA basketball, uh, coaching-wise. He's had so much success, and he, he just he does it so professionally and does it the right way. But before we left for Columbia, Columbia, I was thinking if we would go 2-1 and one on the week, that would be a pretty good week. Well, you win the first one, then you're thinking, man, maybe we can get another one. And then you win the second one, and, you know, I, I told our guys at halftime before we went out at Williams Baptist, I said, you know, we come home right now, two and one. Everyone will say, "Man, that's a great week." And you guys were tired, and you're, you were on the road. But if we could come back three and zero, oh, that would be something special for being gone five days and playing five good teams or three good teams. And you know, it's just a wear and tear on your body. But I commend our guys, and they they did everything, and they laid it on the line, and we executed, and uh, we got back home safely with three wins now i'm looking at i was looking at your roster and uh you've got a lot of talented players on your team you've got like three players averaging uh double digit points per game but i saw that you've got a couple of brothers on your team zach and josh rutland and they, you know they combined for almost 20 points per game one thing that we have seen in basketball is that when you have br- a couple of brothers on your team it, it aids with the chemistry it aids with the production on the court uh, what do they bring to your team that helps you helps you guys be so effective on the court? Well, number one, they come from pretty good basketball genes. Uh, their parents, their dad was my roommate in college and the all-time leading scorer at Indiana Tech. Oh, wow. Their mom played at Indiana Tech and went to four straight national tournaments. So I got a good deal on both of them. They bring high basketball knowledge. They're competitors, and they can play the game. And, you know, after this year, they're going to leave here with their degree, and they've just had a a great three-year run here with me, and I'm just proud of them for the young men they have become, and and they've matured. and uh, They're just great student-athletes for the game. Now, you guys also have a matchup. I I talked to Antoine Edwards, the assistant head coach for the – for the uh, women's basketball team up there at Park University earlier. Uh, you guys also have a matchup against William Woods University. Uh, 5.30 Thursday, it'll be on 16.60 to score. Uh, what do you feel like your team needs to do to be able to come out with a win? Well, number one, William Woods, James does a good job, and, he, and he's got great players. They're very long and very athletic. Number one, we can't let them penetrate and get to the paint. Uh, that, that's a big key. Uh, number two, we can't get them second opportunities. We we have to get the first rebound. Uh, if we give them multiple shots on every possession, it's not going to be good for us. But um, we think if we stop penetration, don't give them second shots, and don't give them anything in transition, uh, we think we'll have a chance uh, at the end of the game to win. Now, those three things aren't going to be easy to do, and they weren't the first time. Uh, but we had some good execution, and defensively, hopefully, we're getting a little better. And I think we are offensively with our spacing and what we understand we're trying to do. But uh, it'll be a tough chore. They're very good. 
They're very good, and uh, they've, they've had some good wins. All right, special thanks to Park University men's head basketball head coach Jason Klein. Coach, uh, good luck on Thursday, and hopefully we can talk to you again and we can talk about you uh, making a good push in that NAIA men's national championship tournament. Thank you for having me on. Yep, that was Park University men's head basketball coach Jason Klein. Thank you for joining us, Coach. And a quick score update. Uh, that they played earlier on 1660 to score um, a game that you heard if you were listening there with Josh Klingler from Fesco in the morning and they unfortunately did not win their game they lost 74 to 65 to William Woods University um, and uh, it quick score update on the Park University women who are currently playing right now in 1660 to score uh, they are trailing William Woods University 43-33 about midway through the third quarter. Coming up next, we get into the world of soccer. A lot of big news in the world of MLS. We're going to touch on that next. Final 14 and a half minutes. Here on Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero, a Jillian Carroll-less Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero show. I am Chris Uno Cero, coming to you live from the Brown and Crouppen studios. And a special thanks to the uh, to the head coach of the men, of the Park University men's basketball team, Jason Klein, for joining me. And earlier for the Park University women's assistant basketball coach. Antoine Edwards for joining me as well, talking about their teams. Their games, uh, of course, broadcast over on 1660 to score. We've got some interesting news coming back you know, in the world of the MLS, and we have a special guest here to talk about this Sporting Kansas City news. Guest, you are live. Yo. Jillian. Oh, no, she's back. <laughs> I see you got the name of the show right this segment. Congratulations. Well, sir. I've been saying it's a Jillian Carroll list, Jillian Carroll, Uno Cero. I, I mean, we couldn't, like, change the imaging here, so I kind of had to keep I mean, saying the name of the show, even though it really I isn't today. I tried, though, first segment. I was just, you know, I was just saying you got it right this time. Congratulations. I don't, I don't, need, I don't need your uh, congratulations, Jillian. <laughs> That's not what I came here for. Well, I'm just trying to give you, give you some congratulations. So Peter Vermees won a uh, very... Spectacular award, uh, the uh, the MLS Executive of the Year Award, Jillian. I know you were very excited about this. You sent I sent in news. Or we were in our group text. We were talking, and I, I talked about the uh, very very big news that Benny Failhaber, former Sporting Kansas City midfielder, decided to go join Diego Rubio in Colorado and play for the Rapids. And then Jillian had to one up me in our group text and. <laughs> Send this news over that that uh, Sporting Kansas City manager Peter Vermees has won MLS Executive of the Year. Jillian, your thoughts? I mean, you know, all day, every day, I'm going to be praising the work and the dedication and the success of Peter Vermees. The fact that he's turned Kansas City into a soccer city, um, you know, from the youth all the way to the first team. And um, the league is noticing. You know, he's the longest tenured coach in MLS right now. Um, 
just a history of success and just the fact that the buy-in that he gets from his players. Um, I think a couple things that maybe played into this this award at this moment were the use of Gam and Tam with the Dom, Dom Dwyer trade. Oh, you cannot talk. <laughs> what is happening, uh, Julia? In, in 2017, and then just the acquisitions that he brought over to MLS this past season. Um, and then, you know, taking taking the team pretty far into the postseason didn't quite make it all the way. But um, I, I think it's overdue, long overdue. I think what he does is sets the bar for the league. I, you know, I think things like the facility, Pinnacle, um, you know, I think that the award is very fitting. I think he is executive of the year uh, and, and continues to prove why he does set the bar for the league. One of the things that we, we talked about last week on the show, um, when Vermees had that very, uh, it, was a, it was a very nice video. It was him congratulating Andy Reid and the Chiefs on their season and how he talked about how he uh, very much idolizes Andy Reid and his coaching style, his managing style, and how he's incorporated in, into his own uh, style of managing in, in the world of soccer. And this right here is kind of the validation for uh, that style of coaching, being a guy that is, you're very hard on your players, you push them, you want them to succeed, you challenge them at every every uh, step of the way. But at the same time, you know, one of the things that we've seen is as as hard as Peter is on his team, he's also a guy that everyone in that locker room respects and really loves because he knows how to win over those players because he doesn't just he doesn't see them as like parts on a car. He views them as people. He views them as human beings. And that's one of the things I really respect about it is that he's a guy that has uh, very much changed the he's – he's been one of the pivotal coaches in Kansas City here uh, as far as changing the landscape of Kansas City sports. Because I know in my childhood here, your time here, and Julio's time here, uh, Kansas City sports, I mean, it's been, it's been a roller coaster ride and we haven't had – the best of coaches. I mean, we've had some great ones in, you know, time. Marty was great for what he was. Uh, Dick Vermeil was great for what he was. But, you know, we also had times where we had Todd Haley and Romeo Cornell and, and, and you know, there wasn't a whole lot of winning that happened then, Gunther Cunningham. So it's really nice to see that you've got two of the very best at their uh, respective, you know, at their respective sports in the coaching world here in this city. And that's something that I really appreciate. Oh, absolutely, and I think uh, even more to your point there with what uh, will we'll both coaches do, really. I mean, Andy Reid is known for coaching up his coaches, right? So Doug Peterson, you know, where did he come from under Andy Reid? Matt Nagy under Andy Reid, both successful head coaches now in other NFL organizations. But bringing it back to sporting and Peter Vermees, um, everything he touches turns to gold. Everything is, you know, the sporting way and done the right way. So I think other awards the organization earned this year where I think it was also uh, Athletic Training Staff of the Year, uh, Youth Academy of the Year, and, and that all trickles down from him. You know, that's, that starts with the top and trickles down. And, I mean, it's, it's incredible, as you mentioned, to your point there, just to have both of these coaches in Kansas City is we're pretty lucky, man. And to see both teams doing so well this year, it's, it's been a good year and hopefully not over yet, right? Yeah, yeah. One of one of the things I was thinking about as I was preparing to do this show alone, after you told us you weren't going to do it, um, I really think that if we're power ranking the the head coaches 
managers slash managers here in Kansas City. I think you have to put Peter Vermees at the top of that just because he has coached his team to a championship. He has coached his team to consistent success. Obviously, it's different. Like, baseball is just a different sport, uh, especially in Kansas City because, you know, <laughs> they just don't have the money to go out and field a team that's consistently competitive every year. But, I mean, I think you have to say with the level of control that Peter Vermees has, with the level of success that he has had during his coaching tenure here in Kansas City, I think it's, it's to me, pretty obvious, at least right now. It could change in a couple of weeks and three weeks if the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl. I think, I think you move Andy Reid up. But I think right now, Peter Vermees, uh, you know, just respectively based on his sport, he's the best damn coach we got here in the city. Well, certainly, the, I mean, the history here in Kansas City screams that. I mean, how many trophies do they have, right? And, you know, I'm, I don't know. This is a hard one for me because Big Red has done his thing, just not in Kansas City and doesn't quite, you know, obviously doesn't have the rings or the trophies, right? So, yeah. I don't know. That's hard. It, it depends on, like, exactly what your criteria is. They're clearly both up there. But, yeah, I mean, maybe I do lean with you just because of the championship one. Um and consecutively, and the amount of them. So, I mean, that's that's a tough that's a that's a that's a tough uh, battle there. But I can see where you put Peter Vermees ahead, and I I mean, I'm with you on that. Yeah, like I said, I think it's really close. I think that if they if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year, I think you got to put Andy ahead just because yeah. they're bucking the trend in the NFL. You don't see mm-hmm. teams consistently consecutively make the playoffs the way the Chiefs have. And win championships like that, you just don't see it. It's really, really hard to do that. I mean, that's the reason why, like, worst to first is such a common thing that happens because there's so much parity in the sport of football. So I would give the I would give Andy Reid the edge should they win the Super Bowl this year. But I think right now, just because of the fact that Peter Vermees has an MLS Cup championship to his name as a head coach, as a manager, I think you got to give it to him. You know, and he's the only manager that has one as a player and a manager. Yeah, which is really, really impressive. Exactly. So, so yeah. So you got to put him at the top. But, um, but how cool for the city to say that we, you know, that we boast two highly competitive, highly successful coaches like that. Yeah. Also, another news in the MLS: um, Austin FC is official. It's going to happen. And on top of that, really good thing. The Columbus crew are not moving. They are not going to leave Columbus. They are staying there. Um, you're, this is a brand-new expansion franchise. My big thing, though, is I wonder how much bigger is the MLS really going to get? Because if you look at any other leagues out there um, you know, around the world in Europe and whatnot, you don't see as many teams as what the MLS has now at the, in the very top league. Generally, these leagues are 20 teams deep, and then after that, you know, any extra teams after that are going to be at the second level and the third level and however many other levels they have underneath. Isn't it, isn't it a little weird that they, you know, now I think this is what, the, what is it, the 27th franchise now that's been awarded? Uh, that's, there, you know, at yeah, least in the works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, like, I, I kind of get the feeling, like, maybe we should stop expanding the MLS and maybe at this point now we should start making it so that each one of the teams is in the league can start expanding and making more money, and that way we don't have to worry about having so many teams out here trying to take some of that TV money so that the teams that are currently in place, when they start getting bigger television contracts, they can start getting more money. Don't you think that's, that's a good idea? 
Oh, man, I don't know. I just I feel like the way that Atlanta came in and conducted themselves as an expansion team, um, I think we've got to roll with it. I think MLS has to continue to expand. I think if we wanted to grow um, and grow in the right way, I think we have to kind of roll on this momentum that has started. And so I don't know. I think I think more MLS teams, but I will say this, and I know you're going to get mad at me for bringing it up, but I wish – as they expand that MLS teams, more of them would look into partnering with the women's side and the NWSL. And I wish that we would see more of that so we could progress as, you know, soccer basically united. So I I wish that the the expansion continues, but I also, obviously being biased here, I wish that they would think about partnering more. See, this is a classic Julian Carroll power play. Because because she's trying to I can't say no to that. I can't I can't say that's a bad idea. I think it's a good idea. And so if I say no to that, I'm I'm a bad person. <laughs> I'm just trying to say like I'm You, you said, Oh, I you you're probably not gonna like this. Like, oh no, equality is terrible. Well, I'm just, I know how you are <laughs> about things, so we're just saying I I disagree with the slowly expansion. I'm with it, but I also think, you know, we're in this pivotal time period, obviously, with the change and the kind of the transformation. And let's face it, we hit rock bottom, didn't we? As you, yeah, we got we got 20 seconds, Jillian. Okay, so I'm all about expanding and bringing women along with us. Special thanks to Jillian Carroll for actually doing part of this show. Not not the entire show, but a part of the show with us. <laughs> Special thanks to you, the listener, for taking time out of your day. This is Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero. Hey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.